0: Good good evening and welcome in to another episode of Buddhist Biohacker. My name is Lisa Gunshore. Welcome to my YouTube channel, The Buddhist Biohacker. And it's so awesome to have everybody back. We were just on with Kyra Rosha. For everybody who's joining in the live, please join in and tell us where you're from and how you're doing after the new moon and the eclipse and i'm very very excited for the show today because i have with us the lovely i've got to do this right here deanna hansen and the lovely april meganson it's all backwards and (laughs) i have to always think um it forces brain hemisphere crossing to be in streamyard. anyways um welcome ladies
1: thank you i have to say i just love your music It's it's so inspiring. I just want to keep listening to it. I was dancing.
0: Oh my God. You know, my husband composed that. Like, he made that. Yeah. He did that himself. And I keep telling him he needs to make a whole song because I agree. It's like, you just want to go.
1: You do. Yeah.
0: Oh, and look at all these people, you guys. Hi, welcome so many people. We have Tracy said, I so needed to see her three sweet faces today. This is a great midday recalibrate for me. Oh, I love that. And KTL, a happy day from Las Vegas, welcome in. We have katie here welcome back katie she made it in after all charleston south carolina jeff is here we love jeff he's in our community kiva is here from winnipeg so welcome in everybody keep it coming and um, thank you on the music part as well and if you guys have questions throughout for deanna or april or myself please throw them in the comment box also share we'd love to hear um, if you know you're being inspired during our conversation so I'm going to shut up now for a minute and just throw it to either of you that want to share. But I think we just start out by talking about what creating space for grace really is all about. April,
1: you go right ahead.
2: (laughs) Well, I I didn't know that would be the question, but can I get something real quick? Like,
1: yes, do it, do it.
0: It's live. I love it. We just are in our own little world in here. Didn't
2: know. Oh, oh, and you get to see my short shorts. <laughs> I just zoomed. We have
1: great legs.
2: Awesome. <laughs> ah. Now you know what the bottom half looks like. Okay. <laughs> At least you're wearing your PJs. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, that's all right. So one of my students is a yoga teacher, and she um, she teaches kids. When I start talking, I talk about space a lot because it's what we're creating space in the mind, space in the body. But you know, it's so profound what she said. So I'm going to steal it from her again. I did this on my own show. I've got a show called The Wisdom of the Body. So that's what the writing is. But I'm just going to show this and you can kind of see it. And you can maybe if I kept it up there a really long time, you might be able to notice what it says but really what it says is this can you see that
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. the
2: point of that is without the spaces it doesn't it's jumbled it doesn't really connect it doesn't you could stare at it a long time and this is the difference between effortless effort and striving this one's striving, you're straining to read it. You can't figure out what it says. You're, you're trying to trying to really work, overwork and figure it out. And this one, our brains don't even read the words separately. It's just a phrase, right? So <clears throat> I think that's a really good way to explain the space that I've found. We find these space in the body through fascial work, through really getting into the lymph system and the vascular system, bringing about our natural healing tendencies that we have that are really kind of shut down by our postures and by the way that we live. We're always forward, of course, because that's what we do and that's okay. But there's antidotes to that. So we can take the time and create the space and go from this really, really kind of striving that might not be working so well, barely getting by, barely surviving into this space of, of, of expansion and, and openness just by doing simple things like putting spaces between the words and between the letters.
1: So. April, I, that is brilliant because that is exactly how I see the cells. When the cells overlap and entangle, it's that exact thing. And every single cell has intelligence that is designed to give us information about what's going on in the moment and about our deeper purposes. But if those cells are all intertangled, then it's like trying to read those words over overlying each other, whatever the word is. Um, it's, it's impossible or it's not impossible, but it's, 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 it's challenging. So when people are approaching their body and they might have a number of different issues going on, you don't even really know where to start because there's all of this confusion and congestion. So with block, of course, what we do is we separate those cells so you can actually read each one of the cells and get the messages clearly. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that.
2: Yes. I thought that was just a really kind of profound way to explain. Cause I don't know if you get this question, Deanna, but I often get the question of what, what are you talking about when you're talking about space? And I love those kind of questions because it makes me get clear about what I'm talking about. And language is such a, such a, it's our tool, right? It's the, it's our tool. So refining and refining and refining language and being asked to refine language is just an absolute gift because space means a lot of things. It means kindness, it means compassion, it means, self-care it means uh boundaries it, it means you know loving kindness it, it, it's just all these things right and i love how all the layers of our bodies and minds tran like you know it's like throwing a pebble into a a, a a river or a pool or something and it's just translating across all layers so you know with black therapy you working in the cells, I've been doing this, you know, for like a month or two. And I love it. And it's an incredible modality. And I've talked to you about that already, Deanna, but it's just one of the most power packed modalities I've ever found because it's doing that. It's creating the the space across all layers and it's doing it in this way. It's doing it in this super spacious way and not like this way right i mean like i don't even know if it would happen this way but that's where it's so intuitive and beautiful because we just let our bodies do the work of healing we let our minds do the work of healing we get out of the way and then let that come forth bubble forth blossom
1: exactly and you know what i love too is when when people ask me like what does space mean to you it's having every cell in its perfect alignment as the goal and if every single one of those cells has that space into and out of it there's an ease that effortless effort of flow of the nutrients into the cell and the removal of the toxins and the byproducts of functioning outside of the cell as soon as there's compression there's less surface area available for each of those cells for that absorption and um and the release so now there's stress and then the body responds with that stress hearing it as stress as let's send more because it's it's trying to do the job that it needs to do and if if those cells are needing to work and they're not absorbing enough nutrients or oxygen the body's going to send more of those things but if there's also not enough room for everything to get pulled away now you end up with that congestion so then we have an inflammatory disease waiting to happen as a result of all of that compression so yeah it it really is all about the space and if you think about shining a light through something spacious as opposed to something really dense the light shines through the space and the more spacious our body becomes the more our deeper inner gifts can surface
0: Mm -hmm. well and for me i'll take it to you know this pattern i've been working through and with the last week for sure very intensely you know the eclipse was all about excavating patterns And um, that very first image, you know, the first bit of writing you held up that was all jumbled, that is my calendar and has been my calendar my whole life. I mean, I remember in junior high, like having to get my school permit at 14 years old to drive my car because I had swing choir, show choir, concert choir, cheerleading practice, drama class, singing lessons. And here I am. And so when, when what I've, realize with this pattern or what I'm understanding when I'm working with the block and working with my fascias. a creating space to do that. Right. Like that's number one, but that, I think we have this pattern and I I say we, because I think there's a lot of people, especially in the U S in our culture that does this, but we have all these commitments, all of that jumbled up schedule, And this really takes its toll on the nervous system. And what I'm learning and understanding through both of you really teaching me and showing me different things and then what I've been reading in in Ayurveda about fascia is all of that pressure and compression on my nervous system has created these tangled spirals of fascia and my hamstrings are short and I'm hunched and I'm Frozen everywhere is painful, trying to like pry it open. And there's this direct correlation to creating space in the body to creating space in your life. And that's really what I've been hardcore looking at this week is how do I create space in my life so I can create space in my body to have all of that light, to have the light in my cells, to have the light in my face because I've gotten rest to, I mean, it, it all goes together yeah. and to, to relieve the pressure and, and release all this trauma on our nervous system, especially I've had so many clients this year have so many nervous system issues and anxiety and stress because of what's happened on the planet. And this, this idea of creating space and using the breath with the block to, you know, really focalize your energy onto breathing. Like that is this antidote to this intense, you know, collective trauma that we're experiencing and also releasing right now.
1: And and Lisa, if I just may say, you are amazing at creating space for others to shine. You do that so well, that's something so many people don't do well and you are a rock star at that you always give up your own ego for others to shine and, and that's a beautiful gift so i just wanted to say that
0: oh thank
2: you that's, yeah, that's, that's so true it's one of your gifts is knowing other people's gifts yeah you guys are so sweet <laughs> 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 well, you're the you're a you're a humongous uh connector like you're the connector like the energy connector and it's really needs to be acknowledged and it is and it is again so thank you <laughs> <laughs> <are> so
1: sweet. <laughs> one of the things i've really observed over the years is that we lose our space based on the Fibonacci sequence and we can regain our space with that same pattern and i remember it wasn't probably more than a year ago, I was reading something and they were saying, anybody that's creating something for the future really needs to understand the Fibonacci sequence because everything in creation is based on the architecture of that sequential number and the pattern, that spiral pattern that it creates. Flowers create that way, the bodies, the galaxies, the Nautilus seashells, everything. So even the way that we age and the way that we entangle, is based on that pattern. And when we can really get a get a handle on what that means and how to utilize it to our advantage, we can have a very specific roadmap to untangling ourselves and to creating the space that we've lost over time. And even through past lives and all of those things, because again, I love it. Like we're born into this lifetime with a signature posture. And the goal of this lifetime is to break through that signature posture. So the way mm-hmm. I interpret that is we're born based on the breathing pattern of the mother. And then once we come into this world, now we're afflicted with a whole bunch of other energies and gravity and and all of that. And then we continue from that point. But we we start with that signature breath of the mother. And that's where it gets really concerning about the youth today. Because the mothers having babies today are very much more compressed than my older generation. I think I'm quite a bit older than maybe both of you.
0: You would never know because you're anti-aging with your block, Nana. <laughs> She's reversing.
1: <laughs> well, and that's the thing. It's 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 undoing based on that same pattern. And then changing the breathing pattern to be new for yourself. And then you've changed that signature posture because the breathing pattern itself is going to feed the cells and start to undo the genetic information passed down from past so that we can basically start from a neutral place in our own selves, and then, again, chart a different course.
2: I think that's so profound. I I also teach that, you know, you hear yoga teachers a lot, and I don't even really teach yoga as is now. I teach postural, you know, not like, not natural movement, practical movement, natural movement, that kind of thing. But you know, I'm always saying, you know, you hear all these yoga teachers saying square your hips or like whatever. And we're not that. We're not squares. We're not that. We're we are spirals. Our bodies are spirals from where we touch on the floor to our feet, up our up our shins, you know. It's almost like I talk about how if you think about a beautiful old tree and the and the, you know, maybe like the um the ivy's growing around it right mm. so if that ivy's clinging too tightly then the tree gets choked out and that's what happens we create these the spirals in our bodies if we start to look at them our is our roadmap i mean that's what i find you know i always tell people Do you have one hip forward of the other you know of course i start on the floor But, you know, it's just really profound to understand and start to reprogram or deprogram, I guess is a better word, the way we think about the body. Like I always am talking about the biotensegrity model of the body versus the compression model. And, you know, the compression model is like sitting in a chair or a building, you know, and, and it's just not that movable. And that's been our model for many hundreds and hundreds of years and and now you know buckminster fuller coined tensegrity the tensegrity model is about say a sail on a ship or um spokes in a bicycle are we mo- our fascia moves at 720 miles sorry that's my dog come here buddy our fascia moves at the speed of sound that's why if we trip on something then we can, we can write ourselves. That's how we don't fall over. If we were a compression model, we'd fall over. So if you think about what a sail looks like on a sailboat, the wind might catch part of the sail and the whole sail moves. If there's a tear in one of the areas of the sail, then you're not catching any wind. And that's how our bodies actually are designed. And you know, there's a lot of studies right now being done on fascia by scientists, whether that is where our consciousness resides. It was just, it just came out in the news maybe last year, or the year before, that the largest organ in our body is actually our interstitial fluid, which is the juiciness of our fascia. And when that fascia dries up, I call it concrete spider webs. We, we aren't mm-hmm. able to move. And that's why that, the block therapy is so profound because it melts. I know i telling about you, but like it melts. <laughs> Right? And the, and this goes even more deeply oh, into who we are. If we are stuck in our shins, say, in our fascia, then our consciousness isn't moving through our bodies. Right? If that is the case and they're finding out that our consciousness, our consciousness's vehicle is the interstitial fluid and the fascial system and highway then we are really not communicating and and that wholeness is missing so i think that's a whole extra just incredibly provocative and interesting layer
1: fully fully agree and what i love about that as well is you know the way that a way that i see how our behaviors respond in any moment is each and every one of ourselves has information to give to us in every single moment of time. And if we have that space for optimal flow, we can read every, all of the cellular intelligence. So through the heart pumping the blood and the oxygen to each and every cell, it reaches the cell. That cell gives the brain information so that we respond appropriately in every single moment. So when we have those adhesions or that scar tissue blocking flow to cells, now we have gaps in our system. So when there's gaps in the system, now we have less communication to address the moment. So we start to rely on memory, memory from the past. So I've used this example many times when I was actually in the teacher training for Angar Yogi years ago, um, we had to do essays and reflect on the sutras. So I chose to reflect on, well, that doesn't matter. The point is, What my experience was, was I was walking through a mall and I was in a really good mood. I had like really high spirits and I'm walking through the mall and I passed this man and we lock eyes. And in the moment we lock eyes, he scowled. And in that moment, my gut turned and I started feeling really anxious and self-conscious. And because I was in this teacher training and I was in this self-reflection, I was like, well, A. Like what's his problem? (laughs) And then I thought, well, wait a minute, what's my problem? Like, why is his reaction toward me affecting me? Because first of all, it might not even be toward me just because we locked eyes at that very moment. Maybe that was coincidence when he got a twang of pain in his knee and he grimaced and I took that expression as him judging me because it reminded me of how my father would look at me when he was disappointed with me. So suddenly I made those connections and I thought, wow. My light elevated mood was shifted in a second because of some story I had in my own body. And once I pulled myself out of it, I very quickly was able to get back to that light feeling because I recognized that this isn't anything about me. This was just a moment in time that, you know, I, I get the opportunity to experience and to change the story that would have otherwise probably left me feeling dreadful for the rest of my day. So
0: <laughs> well, I, lo- I love this and because this has been my experience with the block, I mean, I- I've-, I- I've had more profound memories return in my life digging the block into my body than doing any other practice regression, whatever the heck I've done all these years. Like when my body is pressed into that block, it's like all of a sudden I was pressing it into my butt <laughs> deep in and uh, working with my hip and i remembered that i had fallen i and i had fallen on the steps like i was really excited and i fell slipped and fell on my steps and i slipped like out and like fell on my butt and i have an indent in my butt from falling like no joke <laughs> and it'll be gone because i'm using the block <laughs> But I had forgotten all about it. I had literally forgotten that even existed. I don't even have conscious awareness of that part of my body, really. I guess, and so I was in the in the block, like pressed into that space, and I remembered and very vividly. Remembered the stairs. Remembered my house. Remembered what was happening. Remembered what was, you know, going on at that time. And and that conscious awareness is coming from moving exactly what both of you are talking about melting the fascia moving creating light in the cells and it, it makes me think too of you know in ayurveda the fascia holds your past life experiences it holds your ancestry and there's this profound concept i've really been working with since 2011 about releasing myself from my genetics from my ancestry And this is a huge part of it. And, you know, all of our ancestry is in here. My dad, my uncles, my brother, they're all, I mean, big hunches and the whole family, we're all, everybody's hunched and I've had that same thing. And it's this realization that I can actually untangle this and I can remove this energy and I can shift and, but it's so much bigger than that because it goes back to what both of you are saying it's this this consciousness shift and I firmly believe it's part of us moving into this light body existence like just like you're saying when you create that space for yourselves you have more light in the cell the cell is no longer scrunched it becomes the circle and the taurine shape it needs to be and that's moving us into the space of being light bodies again, like we were back in ancient Lemuria, you know, being those light bodies and having access to all of our consciousness. And maybe that's what I'm trying to articulate is I feel like I'm accessing my whole consciousness when I work with the block and I work with fashion. I'm creating this space and that's really, I mean, I think, you know, when you talk about creating space for grace, the grace is the, the remembering who we are. The grace is remembering who we are in this life and who we are connected to God's source. There's this beautiful connection with that. And I could tell you guys a hundred stories. I mean, I pressed the block into my head and this memory came back of this car accident I was in and I was knocked unconscious and I've been working with this and I've been working with this one spot for probably three months now. And not only do I now remember everything that happened when I was unconscious, but I actually uncovered what happened to the car because my mom was knocked also like we were all gone like there was no no yeah. Our car rolled over three times and smacked into a gigantic oak tree. And now I can see the whole incident, including my near death experience. I was 12 years old and who, my guides that were there where I went the beach. I was at this is like from pushing the block into my head, which is like really the worst. It's like so painful and uncomfortable. But like that conscious I'm accessing a consciousness and an experience that I never thought I would be able to access. Didn't even know I could access all by working on this space and and getting things to move in the body. So that was long winded, but I just can't talk about it enough. I love it. <laughs>
1: I love that because if you think about it, like let's go back to that injury that you had on your butt. So what age were you at the time? I was like 14. So from 14 years, all of those cells that were now then negatively affected from the lack of flow going forward, have you, you haven't, they haven't been part of the conversation of your consciousness. Mm -hmm. So now that you're bringing flow now into that, now they're waking up and it's like, you know, you you've just turned the sun on in your body and like all of these seeds are now being able to grow and that's amazing. It's
0: true. I mean, it's kind of a I mean, it's profound to stick something in places you never thought you'd stick <laughs> a, a block of wood block and you're like, I can't believe I'm putting this here. But it, the openings that come from it, you know, it's just it's unbelievable. And I, I will say this a thousand times. I've already said it a thousand times, but there's a lot of new people on today, which, by the way, thank you guys. You're so, so amazing with these comments. I'm going to have to share them in a few minutes. But um, I've gotten almost 10 inches out of my hamstrings in the last year working with the block
1: wow digging
0: into the fascia and i'm someone who even as a cheerleader even all my life practicing yoga for 20 years could not touch my toes and now i can touch my toes and it's 10 inches like i've been measuring how far i can go with my fingers because i have that Iyengar energy so i have a yardstick and i'm like how far can i go 10 inches of length of freedom that my body has to be able to bend over. That's like a big deal. Do you know how many times you do a forward bend in a vinyasa practice? And I could never do it. It was so painful. It was like, I hated going to yoga to do that. And now it's like, oh, and now it doesn't even matter if I do a forward bend. What matters is how my body feels when I'm doing it. And if it's in alignment, which is also a liberating experience.
1: What did you do the first time your fingers touched your toes?
0: I was excited. I told my husband, I was
1: like, I did it. I've
0: touched my toes. And I even called my dad because my dad has, um, sciatic nerve problems. He's had back surgery. He has extremely, uh, short hamstrings. Also, they've even talked about cutting them and doing all sorts of surgery. And I was like, listen, dad, you got to get this block. I'm like, this is what you need to do. Um, because he's had a lot of back problems in his life and metaphysically back is support, you know? So there's something about supporting yourself by giving yourself that flexibility and that freedom. But it's awesome. Like when I would brush my teeth, if I tried to straighten my back to like spit, it hurt. And that's no joke, you guys. That's some real stuff for me. And to be able to brush my teeth and feel the flexibility and the, the space is like, you just, you really can change your body. And, and when you do that, it changes everything else within yourself. I mean, it's
1: just amazing. Yes.
2: <laughs> that's your hamstrings. <laughs> yes.
1: True. And- can you imagine ripping that in half, like cutting, you know? And then you have to oh. glue it back together.
2: Oh <laughs> my! God.
1: And those scenes are never going to be perfect again. Right. Yep.
2: <laughs> I know. Can I, um, I, can I, can I talk about something? That yes. I'm do it. Really cool? <laughs> um, the first fascia council was in 2007 and I just want, we're living in such an exciting time because we didn't have the dissection tools as a as a planet to understand what fascia does until you know 2000s maybe so you know if, if you if a doctor's operating or whatever imagine you me taking a rubber band and stretching it and you cutting it and the rubber band snaps so far and hard like you never know a rubber band's there So that's what was going on. I mean, they knew something was happening. They knew connective tissue was there, but the extent was not known until we got these incredible dissection tools. And even the little um, micro cameras that are going on journeys now through our fascia. There's a French uh, dermatologist that has all these gorgeous videos where it's like, you know, almost traveling through interstellar, and you can go through and you can see how gorgeous are fashions. I mean, it is like just this, these glistening jewels. I mean, it's just beautiful. But the interesting thing is I wrote an article maybe four or five years ago. Um, cause I'm also an historian. So, you know, that's just kind of my thing. And I, I got this like real deep insight that fascia has been shown to us in all of these ancient ways. So Deanna mentioned the word sutra earlier. We know that word from yoga, yoga. that's thread, right? So our fascia is like a weaving, you know, there's the verse in Proverbs, you knit me together in my mother's womb. You knit me together in my mother's womb. There's these uh, incredible goddesses of weaving, Athena, right? Even in North America, we have the spider woman, right? The, The spider grandmother so there's all these really incredible things buried in our in our um records of our fascia right if you really start and i again i wrote an article about this and it was kind of over most people's heads so i realized like i gotta back off a little but it was so it was such a profoundly deep understanding to me that this that fascia has been shown to us through many, many, um, you know, what wisdom methods and ways. Fascia has been shown to us over thousands of years that it's our vehicle, right? It's our vehicle to consciousness and to and to, you know, moving into this state that it's our birthright, which is vitality. You know, we have this long-held belief in our culture, in our world that we have to stay sick and we have to stay stooped and we have to have stay, you know, with our our joints in pain and our backs in pain. And, you know, my grandmother had a, had a kyphotic curve, so so I must I have one. My, my mom had bunions, so so must I have them. It's a lie. It's not true. We... Are here to not only experience wellness we are here to experience our own vitality and that is the message it's so big and we have to break so many programs to get to this understanding and and this is part of it you know our fascia is our future really I know that sounds so dramatic <laughs> And, 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 but it is, and you know, Deanna has been saying this 20 years and I've been studying this over a decade and, and I get more and more and more, you know, I spiral into this understanding more and more and more.
1: (laughs) I love, I love your enthusiasm. It's, it's amazing and, um, you know, so relevant and. You know, just yesterday i was on a, another call and we get into the discussion about the mindset that people have around exercise and rehabilitation and the the feelings that we have that we have to work so hard you know if, if i'm not happy with my body i'm not doing enough i'm not working hard enough if i have an injury and i have to repair it then i have to You know, I have to be strenuous and I have to work it hard and and it's so interesting because we need to rest like we we really need to rest and repair and give ourselves the space to do that because everybody is so go, go, go. And and, you know, like it was it was an amazing call because one of the women um, called in and she was just talking about the discussion that I was having and how she was relating that to her own body and she was a climber. And she could feel her calves being so dense and so hard, but she had issues with her back. So she wanted to do more. She wanted to like work harder to try to repair, but the harder she worked, the more pain she had. And, you know, we were talking about like, we need to really reframe our minds because this whole concept of working so hard and accomplishing so much as you started this whole conversation, Lisa, it's like we're, we're running on this treadmill. And we're, we're getting nowhere. In fact, we are getting somewhere and we're falling behind when in reality, if we could just give ourselves the space to be not doing all the time and the space to be restful and to not throw negative emotion around that because, oh, I've, I've been sitting on the couch all day. You know, I mean, yes, there are those people that need to move more, but there's so many people that are moving too much or moving in the wrong ways. And not their fault you know There, a lot of people are doing what they're being told to do by other professionals but that's just it the whole paradigm of where we're living right now is is so based in accomplishment and goal setting and all of those things and those are important but i think they overtake the real essence of what we're supposed to do to be healthy and we're we're so on the go that we've all lost the moment and the feeling of that vitality that we're supposed to feel and and we're just feeling like we're never doing enough and we're never getting anywhere fast enough and and we feel like failures as a result because that's really not the path we should be on so i love this conversation because i mean exactly like we need to we need to make some major changes so that our our light and those crystals in the fascia can actually shine instead of being dulled down because they're, you know, entangled in all of the other negative stuff and all the glue that, you know, in the dirt, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff in this on this planet right now that needs to leave Um, the pollution, all, all of that stuff. There's just so much. So our systems are taking it in all the time. And that's why I think it's also important that we understand that we need to move into the body persuasively, but deeply because the things in the past that might have been really healthy and helpful, say like, and I'm, I'm not suggesting by any means that acupuncture and re- reflexology aren't, but what I see is our system is stickier and gluier now than it was 10, 20, 50 years ago. So those those energy disciplines that would have been putting some kind of energy into the body, it would have moved more freely before because there was more space before. Now from the compression from The technology and the negative static we're absorbing from that and all of the pollution, like the fascia itself is a stickier, more congested thing that these these waves can't pass through as easily. So we need something in addition to those other modalities to really allow those energies to move through the system effectively.
0: Well, and that's interesting because Cairo Dr. Kyra Rosha was just did a show two hours ago. Um, and he was talking about mental wellness. And he's a Tibetan and Chinese uh, doctor. And he was saying that a lot of the issues with Alzheimer's and, and memory loss and issues with the brain come from the sticky, gooey phlegm that the body creates um, from exactly what you're talking about, all this toxicity, everything that's happening. Um, around us. And it, it seems like it's this endless journey to detox. I feel like once I started 10 years ago, it's like, it's just this ongoing process of detoxing. And, you know, there's this, there is a need for our planet to clear things out. But there's also a call to action for us to start clearing our bodies out and our minds and our calendars and our, relationships and all of these things that are not giving us the space that we need. I mean, it's a real hot topic with myself and some of my colleagues, even this week is we're all doing too much. Just like you're saying, Deanna, it's like, we're always doing too much. We're always working too hard. We're it's like push, push, push. And it's like, you know, there, there, I was really blessed that my yoga teacher who trained me for yoga teacher training for the initial training was so, passionate about fascia. And that was my first introduction to it. It was like the first step. And she talked a lot. She was a core power yoga instructor, sorry, core power, but she was, and she saw within the first year of teaching the amount of rotator cuff surgeries, hip surgeries, all of these things, these people were just pushing themselves through these practices and not taking care of their body. And it completely changed her opinion about how to practice yoga. She stopped, working in that energy and wanted to work with fascia and the joints and supporting the body but to me there's like this direct correlation to all of that and and the the toxicity and the clutter that we put into our daily lives and it's so easy to do i'm the queen of doing it i love to overcommit and it's really you know when you get on the block and you're breathing it's like There's this correlation for me with that. And like saying, like, how do I, how do I feel this way when I look at my calendar? How can I feel the same way I feel laying on this block when I wake up in the morning and I'm, I got to get the kids ready for school. Like how do I feel this way in my life and in, in, in my workspace in my life space? Um, you know, those are some big questions I think all of us want to ask ourselves right now is how do we create this space and this feeling where we're activating that peaceful side of ourselves in everything that we do, because we have to, in order to manage the toxicity and the divisiveness and the separateness and the stress and the injections and the media and all this crazy stuff that's going on. I feel like there's this like need to access, the peacefulness that you get when you're breathing and melting
2: (laughs) well i feel like it's what you and i always talk about this year has called us all in a really profound way whether you've missed the call or not to refine and and that means to get rid of the crap like why what's the habit of busyness? like we need to look at the habit of busyness it's a habit it's a mindset it needs. it's a long-held belief that needs to be looked at and we can tell ourselves all day long i don't i don't want to be busy i don't want to be busy and we're still busy because we're carrying either that generational load or we're carrying that protective mechanism we're busy because we don't want to go in and see what's really happening You know, that's what it is. I was reading Mirror by Star, um, Wild Mercy, one of the most powerful books I've ever read. And I read like 85 books a year, like that's how much I read. I've read this book four times the last year. And I don't usually read books twice because I've got a good memory. She just, she just, I just read yesterday. Rest feels dangerous. Hmm. Rest feels lazy. Why? Those are the questions. Why does rest feel dangerous to me? Where's my programming here? That rest feels dangerous to me. Why does it feel dangerous? Why does rest feel lazy? Who told me that if we look at animals and we look at nature, I'm looking at my dog right now. He's, he's got his head on a pillow. He's, he's out right. Animals know how to rest. They know how to act, go into action. They know how to rest. Same thing with nature. I mean, it's a cycle, and we've somehow told ourselves that that's not, we're not good enough if we rest. We're not good enough if we're not going, going, going. We're not good enough if we're not being asked to do things or helping people or whatever. And that's another really deep cultural um, belief that we have that we have to look at individually and start to release. And that's when, and, and you know, block therapy and my own work is really a, 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 an embodiment of these questions, in a way. Because I see some comments over here that, like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough, or I should. You ever hear the word should? Don't should on yourself. Just don't <laughs> should on yourself, OK? I got that from my dear friend and teacher who may be listening right now, Angela Phillips. Don't shoot on yourself. you use that word and why? because you you're good you're saying you should be doing something that you're not doing right? And you're not you're not gonna do it either. And you said it earlier, Lisa, it's we are on this is about deprogramming our long-held beliefs and we can choose to walk down the path of remembering who we are. There's nothing outside yourself that's going to do this for you if you feel like you're not doing enough ask yourself why you're not why you feel you're like you're not doing enough why 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 what is there what's pushing you what's telling you you're not good enough what's telling you that you have to go to the gym to be a better person what's telling you that you have to have your calendar full to be to be liked you know these are the questions these are our things you know i'm, I'm trained in nlp and i'm a certified life coach as well neuro-linguistic programming it's a lot about the brain and kind of quantum processing and really interestingly enough we have hundred and fifty thousand uh un- unhelpful or ineffective beliefs by the time we're seven because those <laughs> things are our survival mechanisms you know, I, you, you go in, you show your dad a, a beautiful little drawing that you made. You're five years old, he's on the phone, he tells you to be quiet and get out of the room. Okay, so then we have the belief that our our creativity isn't good. It's not good, it's gotta be shut down, right? So think about all these things we're programmed with. Why, ask the why. And you know, I always say that curiosity is the antidote to judgment. We can change the question. It, it, you you say, I should be doing more. Ask yourself, what? why do you think you should be doing more? What should you be doing that's more? Right. Mm-hmm. The path of remembering I've found as I've traversed it is the path of dissolution as well. There's more and more and more stuff that just starts to go, just starts to go. I'm not adding anything to myself. I'm not trying to add anything to myself anymore. It's about this sloughing off. And it's, it's you know, fascia is just always the metaphor for everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing in the fascia. And like you said, it's all layers are affected. So if you feel like you're not doing what you should be doing, go get a block. Start block therapy. You're going to be affected by, by the, by being with yourself, you know, holds are three minutes long. It's about the breath. It's about, you know, feeling and, and being in your sensations and exploring these sensations. I wrote another article a few years ago, the learning the language of pain, right? We have to learn what that means. We have to learn. Like, so I ask people, Oh, I'm in pain. So is it sharp? Is it hot? Is it, and it'll tell me a lot of times what the person is feeling and where they're feeling it, but we can get literate about our own sensations. And I think that's a profound thing to understand that we can get literate about that.
1: That's awesome. You know, I, I fully agree too. And it's, it's funny because there's so much around language. And for years, I've always stated that I don't believe in disease. I believe there are blocks to blood and oxygen flow and whatever cells aren't being properly fed and clean are going to first, you know, share pain and then eventually symptoms and whatever area that isn't being properly fed and clean, I mean, eventually that can become a disease of an organ or of a certain part of the body or whatever that is. And it's interesting because I'm going to be launching a new virtual intensive series in the summer. and. So I'm mean i going to actually share for the first time what it is, and it's fashion decompression for receding gums. So this is the interesting part because I, I can't like anything chemical my body revolts with. So I learned a long time ago, what I'll just share. When I was in my twenties, I actually had um, uh, highlights. And as soon as the, the chemical was put on my hair, my all of the hair that was pulled through that little mask fell out. So mm. I had some really, interesting scenarios with chemicals, so I simply can't do that. So years ago when everybody was getting their teeth whitened, I'm like, well, that's not going to happen here. Right? So all those people have these like super, super shiny white teeth. And I've had a lot of, you know, mouth trauma, dental trauma in my, in my time. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm certainly not going to go that road. So I don't really pay attention to my own advice and I get a little forceful. So I'm using these, these picks. And after every time I eat, I'm putting these wooden picks through my teeth and I'm brushing harder and I'm trying to get these sparkly white teeth. And then suddenly I look at my mouth one day and I'm like, Oh my God, my gums are receding. What's going on? So now I go, okay, well, I I know what to do. So I'm blocking, I've got my hands going and all this stuff and I'm researching receding gums. And of course there's no cure for receding gums, and there's all this dialogue around it. And I'm like, good Lord, good Lord. So anyways, you know, fast forward a while, they're still receding and they're getting scary. And my inside teeth started to move inward to my mouth. And I'm like, okay, so now I was getting really self-conscious about smiling and talking and all of those things. So finally I said, okay, first of all, you've spiraled yourself into a dialogue that you don't even believe. So step back and we understand fascia. So what's happened here? Fascia migration, cell migration. What am I missing? I was missing the appropriate cause site. So my virtual intensive is going to share how to move your gums back. And in 10 days of doing it, my gums were 50% back. My teeth had come from being in like this to out. They were whiter, simply from the work. So this is going to be launching July 8th, but we're actually going to be launching the whole thing next week. So um, it's funny because I got lost in the language, thinking that receding gums, like, There is nothing I can do about these things. Like, what am I going to do? And like, now my brain just got like completely out of control. And I just had to pull myself back to the simplicity of what's really happening and then say, okay, this is, you've done this to yourself, (laughs) but you can also undo it because you know how to. So the language is, it's insane. And we get so caught up in those labels. And, and that's what we're talking about here is deprogramming those labels. And, you know, I think, from my experience with my family, weight loss was a big topic. I'm the youngest of three girls. My dad was very much about dieting. I mean, my dad was, had those like, you know, aluminum packages of veal in, the, in the cupboard, you know, like, oh my God, <laughs> like whatever. So at a very, very young age, I had a very negative mindset around size and shape. And I also remember too, I I had a crush on this boy and I had a really good male friend and I said, do you think that this guy doesn't like, like me because I'm too fat? And he said, maybe. And it's funny how those things stay with you, right? And, yeah. you're, and so then everything in my teen years became like, I ended up with an eating disorder because it all came down to you know, how can I force my body to, to be attractive enough that a boy that I might have a crush on might actually find me attractive. So, I mean, no wonder we are so confused. The messages from childhood, the messages from so long ago, and, and also the messages in business, like if you want to be successful, you can't sleep. You got to work harder than the other guy or the other girl, but it's all about the hard, you've got to do more, do, do, do. So we get really caught up in that and i've I've recognized that the less I try, the better things become in all aspects. And it is a mindset, but that's where training that brain and and allowing that space for grace in your fascia, in your mind, in your in your timeline as well. I think we all have a desire to have something and and we want that result right away. I mean, patience has to come into play um, and that's part of the grace, too is, you know, putting something in action and giving ourselves time to actually realize it as opposed to thinking, well, I haven't eaten for a week. So next week I'm going to fit into that, you know, size dress that I couldn't fit into now. I mean, I've done that plenty. And, uh, you know, eventually it goes in the other direction. And even if you're starving yourself, you don't start getting smaller. So (laughs) it's, it's, it's an interesting journey. And then to finally be in a space where you can sit back and say, okay, I'm not forcing, I am allowing myself, you know, treats here and there i'm not working out really hard i'm resting and i'm actually happy with where things are at like that's a really nice place to be so i I think uh you know my goal for everybody is to find that place within themselves where that self-care and that self-love can start to come together and then when that happens i mean grace is present for sure
0: oh my god yes yes and i want to share some of these comments because we have so many so um, first off so much validation on the gum workshop. This is so exciting. So Mary says, I'm so excited. I have been on search for this very thing. And nutritional energetic says I have to start a big block for jaw gums, teeth, perfect timing. Thanks. Um, dental trauma. Oh boy. There's a lot of dental trauma. I have some clients who have had some really serious things. Um, KTL says don't should on yourself. I heard that yesterday in a stream. And then Mary's also about the don't should on yourself no I replaced, i've been replacing should with want so when i say like oh i i should do this or it's terrible because when when you do readings with clients there's an odd well you should and so i've really over the years been very conscious of my language because it's about really putting you know giving the, the power back to the person you're working with as a counselor or a healer or whatever you want to call it and And um, so instead I'm like, okay, I want this thing, you know, I want to read this book or I want, or my body wants it rather than should, oh, I should eat healthier. Like I want, you know, my body wants it. So anyways, that's my little thing. Um, Let's see, we also have, um, most people actually don't live in the moment. They're already thinking about the next place to be totally. I was sharing it while you were talking, April, but Tracy said, give that girl a pulpit. <laughs> oh
2: my God. I get so, like, I just get, like, I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just coming through. That's Oh, I love
0: do. it. I love it. <laughs> and Kiva that's- says, I felt for so long that I inherited my mother's body. Now I can remember her shallow breathing and I can release this belief. So that's really awesome. and PJ I don't know who you are but you're always about your tacos and I love that you're telling me to eat some tacos today it just makes me so there's something about PJ and her tacos or his talk I don't know if it's a girl but I don't know I think it's a female but anyway so there's there's all the that and um, Kimberly says um rest feels dangerous until you're really resting which I love that so much and so thank you guys so many so such a great audience today and so many great comments and um, time flies in here, but uh, what what's uh, you ladies? What's your conclusion today? If there is one <laughs> I feel like we could talk about this for a long time
1: <laughs> You go ahead April.
0: Um,
2: I just feel like you know, it always comes down to this in almost every every show I'm in we Need as a culture uh, to get rid of the long-held belief that transcendence is our, the way to go—to to remove ourselves from our bodies and to escape or to evolve out of our bodies, or whatever you want to call it—and it's it's in almost everyone because we all inherit cultural beliefs as well. So we're dealing with generational, we're dealing with cultural, we're dealing with individual. And then you know childhood. So we've got a lot of like you know looking to do, but I really do feel like almost all of us have to look at the long-held belief that transcendence is the the path, because it's it's absolutely denigrating to our own bodies and to the absolute wondrous miraculousness that is us and the deeper you go into that the more you realize that that's it's just this magical thing you know not thing it's this magical full you know nearby star calls it the wondrous i think glorious mess or something you know and and it's true unglorious, glorious untidy mess right not our bodies but our lives right so, I mean, it's not about transcending. Transcending is a form of fight or flight. That's the sympathetic nervous system. It's 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 a form of flight. And we really need to look at where we're not seeing our own bodies. And you know, I just I've come up with this phrase lately and imminence is our path and imminence is self-love and self-love is imminence. And to look at our toes and our receding gums and our our indented butts and our (laughs) one bigger than the other and you know like whatever else is going on it's okay you were given this this is a gift no matter what you think you look like you know no matter how big or little or you know one ears higher than the other fine Be there with that, be there with that. And know that just what we've talked about this entire hour is purely miraculous. The fascia is our vehicle of consciousness. What, how is that? That's you right now watching me say this. How is that any more magical? I mean, it's just incredible. So, you know, I would just encourage everyone to break the habit and to look at that long held belief. Of where transcendence is holding you up, trying to escape what you are and who you are is holding you up right now, and to transfer into the higher frequency, really, of self love, which is eminence and being here embodied as you are and as we are.
1: Lovely. (laughs) And for me, and I I say it all the time, it's uh, kindness. Be kind first to yourself and yourselves, and then you will be authentically kind to everyone else. Because if we beat the crap out of ourselves, it's impossible to turn that around and be kind to others in the authentic way. So love yourselves first, give give to yourselves first. It's not selfish. It is what has to happen in order for us to be able to bring our gifts forward. And that comes with space because we weren't trained first to look after ourselves, especially as women, mothers. I'm not a mother, but um, honestly, probably hardest job on the planet in my view. And we, we, we don't do that. We look after everybody else first and then whatever is left, we have a little bit for ourselves. But if we can really understand giving ourselves the kindness that we need, ourselves are going to respond with that grace and with health, which will turn us into superhuman in comparison to the bodies and the energy that we have right now. And every step of the way that we can bring that rest and rejuvenation into ourselves, that's going to translate year after year into different abilities that we still have yet to see. And I think it's going to be pretty exciting.
0: Well said both of you. And I think my conclusion statement is that for me, um, it's been so easy for me to not be in my body as a young child. I was out of my body and astral traveling and talking to spirits and doing all of these crazy things. And I spent all of my 20s understanding why I was out of my body, understanding how to communicate with these beings effectively. And that really didn't create my awakening. Like my my shift in consciousness came when I had to be in my body and it came from my health crises and it came from having to be here. And so I'm learning that being in the body and untangling it is actually the only way in. You can go out all you want and that's really fun. But the only way to truly be in this experience is to be in your body. And that is what this journey is about and creating space inside the body and healing the traumas and melting through your fascia and spreading out your rib cage, which is the most amazing experience for me. Like that I've had more shifts in my consciousness in doing that than I ever had trying to meditate and do some other thing. So I think it's important for everybody who's watching this because so many of you guys have your own spiritual gifts and talents and, and want to explore those things, but explore them inside the body. It's actually grounding in the body that I've had more out of body experiences in the dream state being in my body then being out and, and not to get super long winded, but I will just say this, like working with my rib cage on the block, I'm sleeping on my back for the first time in my entire life. I'm a side sleeper and I sleep you know, with almost in the fetal position. And since I've been sleeping on my back, I've had, Profound experiences. I had one this morning. Like I just went out of my body in a very very conscious way and that's coming through the work So for those of you who want those mystical connections, they come from the body They don't come from not being in the body. We came here to have we're the conduit of God's source to the planet Earth and the only way to bring God's source to planet Earth is through our body you can't go to God and then come back down and keep them separate. That's the whole point is to not have it be separate. So yes. that's my words of wisdom for everybody today. And um, thank you to April and Deanna both. I love you both so much. And I think it's obvious that April and I have like a massive girl crush on you Deanna and how much we <laughs> love you and the work you're doing. And I'm just so honored to know you and have you in my life and both of you. I mean, you both are just such huge parts of my life. And Thank you to absolutely everybody out there who's watching and been a part of this. I just love all of these incredible comments that we've had and
1: just thank you so much. Well, thank you, Lisa, for everything you do. Again, you, you really create the platform for others to shine and that is an amazing gift Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And have a great weekend, everybody. You've survived the ring of fire, but we're still going into the solstice. So um, hang tight because it's uh, wild and woolly out there for sure. And um, I love you
1: guys so much. And April, it was a pleasure to share this platform with you. I hope to do this much more again.
2: Yes, Deanna. Thank you. And Lisa, thanks for creating the wonderful container
0: oh thank you guys so much yes we've got to do this more often (laughs) bye everybody have a great day bye everyone